Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. With me this week is my dad. Dad, how are you? I'm doing grand. That is grand. It's grand of you. So let's start off with the week that was in the NFL Week 15 with um, just a really wacky week, uh, including a couple games, more games of the years. Every week there's another game of the year. Uh, this one started off on the Thursday. I tell you what, this year the Thursday night games have been uh, pretty compelling. There there have been a couple stinkers here and there, but between, I mean, Derrick Henry's, you know, what, 500-yard game, four touchdown, um, I, I mean, just so many of these games. On Thursday night, and here the Chargers go into Kansas City, pull off a la- uh, f- with four seconds left a two-point conversion to go for the win, and they win twenty-nine to twenty-eight. And no time to talk about it, so it just happened. Yeah, it just happened, and all right, then there we go. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, they there's, yeah, there's no time to uh, make any decisions. I mean, they seem to know they were going to go for two, to win, go for the win on the road. I mean, it, it's, it's it was a classic. It makes sense, um, but so now the Chargers and the Chiefs both have identical records, eleven and three. But Kansas City holds the tiebreaker, so the Chargers at eleven and three are eleven and three are likely going to go have will have to go on the road to um, at least record wise an inferior team, which has happened before. But I mean, if you know, I don't know how much home cooking the Chargers have at uh, the Home Depot soccer stadium, but still. <laughs> so here they are. So yeah, they go in there. Um, they hold Mahomes in check. Uh, twenty-eight yards, or um, not twenty-eight yards. Only, I think, one touchdown pass, two touchdown passes. Not that many. Um, but I mean, boy, they just can plug any running back in there, and they'll do great. Of course, we talked about Kareem Hunt in the past. He's gone. They plug in uh, Spencer Ware. He does wear, and here comes um, da- uh, Damian Wils- Will- Damian Williams who steps in for wear after an injury, and he, like, had two touchdowns. Really impressive game. Uh, then, uh, and now we start now that the college football season's over. We had a couple Saturday games. Uh, Texans beat the Jets 29-22. In a game, the Jets actually, they made it competitive in the second half. They kept it closer than you would have thought um, against a now 10-4 and team. But uh, Houston's the better team, and they went out. And then um, the, the Browns keep their slim playoff hopes alive, um, knocking off the Broncos 17-16 in Denver. Uh, pretty good game, too. Uh, and then came came all sorts of stuff. The Colts pitching a shutout 23 to nothing over the Cowboys. And you were right. Cowboys went on the road, and they got exposed again. Yeah, that that was shocking. Yeah. Um, just they that, never shut out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I... But that's a great story of the Colts. I mean, they, you know, they're going to have the most cap space next year. Yeah. Um, they're, pretty, they're doing pretty good the way they are. Yeah, it's absolutely true. 
Um, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers had a very pedestrian game, including his first interception in uh, something like 248 attempts or games or something like that. And, uh, right. I mean, but the Bears are the far better team. They win the uh, NFC North 24-17 to in Chicago. Um so yeah, so the the wheels and they clinch. They clinch the division. They right? clinch the division. Uh, they're still in the hunt for the. Um, I mean, it's going to be difficult to overtake, but it, it really looks like they're going to be the three seed. But there's a possibility they could be a two seed because Sunday Night Football had the uh, the the uh, rematch from last year of uh, what was that like week around this time a year, but uh, the Eagles with Nick Foles pull off a miracle. Um, pull, come come from behind and win it thirty to twenty three. Not even that, come from, that was the shocker. Not even come from behind, just pulled ahead. At one point, they were up thirty to thirteen. Like it got. And, they never trailed, did they? I, no, I th- I don't think I don't think they did. I think you are right about that. But the point is, is that nobody expected this. I mean, the, no, of course not. No, the Eagles, you know, especially with Wentz out, and like Foles can't do it again. Well, so what's the real story? The uh, the Eagles are rejuvenated, or the Rams are tapering off. I mean, the obvious answer is that somewhere in between. But if I were to pick one of the two, I kind of think it is the Eagles. I mean, you don't win the Super Bowl and then completely fall off. I know it's very common for the Super Bowl winners to have that hangover. Well, it's the highest, it was the second highest spread, I think, from a, a team that had won the Super Bowl. They, they were getting, what, 13 and a half or Thir- something crazy thir- like that. 13 and a half, and, uh, well, they didn't cover, but... They won outright. They won outright, and the Rams, uh, or should should say they did cover it, but the Rams, yeah, I think that they're unsure of what to do. I think they're being overly cautious with Gurley, especially now that he's got sort of like a tweaked knee or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think McVeigh just isn't quite sure what to do. I think he knows. All right, I can't well, just. What about that middle pressure? I know Goff was really off off base. Well, now you would hope that if you're the Rams, you're able to. Okay, we see that what teams are doing. How are we going to counteract this? Um, that might mean they they might have to take it off Gurley for a little while, or you know, have some some blocking schemes, you know, where it gets out of there. And if they have to throw the ball, just like more. You know, that's not an easy guy to replace. No, of course. It's not even, yeah. Yeah, it's not. But look, hey, and right now they're they're assured the second. Right now they're in the second. That Yeah, they, they went from having <laughs> uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs to now they're only one game up over the Bears um, at, at 11. Okay, so Gurley's slacking off with, with an injury. Mm-hmm. And then you you still got Cooper, what's his name? Oh, Cup Cooper is out. Cuff. No, Cooper Cup, he's out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, they're a different team without him. I mean, do you really see them doing anything in the playoffs? I, I mean, gonna, yeah. Are they going to rattle some chains, or are they going down? I think it, it's going to be easier for them if they have... I think it'll go better for them if they have the bye. I think if they have to play... It didn't work that way last year for McVay. They didn't have a bye. They 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 played in a wild card weekend. Didn't they, they lost coming out, right? Right. They hosted because they were like a three seed. I think that... The bye week might help. And also, you know, playoffs is a different animal. Did McVeigh and Goff and everybody else learn from the playoffs last year? Or are they, you know, destined to repeat it? That's only going to happen. We're only going to find that out in the playoffs. For right now, I think that they are just too confused about what they're doing. 
Like I think there's like, oh, well, let, let's do this. But, you know, in the end, if if what you're doing is going to cause your team to lose, are you really doing it beneficially or are you just trying something to try it? Right. Um, you know, speaking of the Cowboys uh, being shut out, the Giants were also shut out too. The first time both the Cowboys and the Giants were shut out since like the 60s or some yeah. crazy number like that. Tennessee goes into New York on a rainy, sloppy day, 17 to nothing. More Derrick Henry. I think he had two run- rushing touchdowns. And Barkley was nowhere to be seen. No. He couldn't get his, him and his thighs couldn't get they, a... They just shut him down. Yeah, him and his quads couldn't get traction. Um, <laughs> no, they couldn't. And the, the the offensive line that had been playing pretty well these last two games for the Giants, they just they melted in the in the rain, and it was. Yeah, just, well, they finally came upon a team without a backup quarterback. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, the Niners, another wacky game. Niners pull up an upset in overtime over the Seahawks, twenty six to twenty three. Um, in a very in a pretty surprising game, you know the way. The way the way the two teams have been playing, um, opposite ends of the spectrum, uh, since the middle part of the season, so Seattle takes a bit of a hit to their playoff possibilities, but they're still in firm control. Um, in the end, it didn't really hurt them too much. Um, Saint, there's something to be said for that San Francisco Forty Nine er team. I think they're fighting hard. I mean, this was a team last year with obviously when Garoppolo came over, they won like what their last. Five, right. seven, right. get like something crazy. So I think that they are turning. You know, you see a lot of turnaround. The end of the season, four weeks left. All right, what are we gonna do? You know, you see these team turn. These teams turn. Um, and that that's an up and coming. I think I absolutely think so. Yeah, and especially if they can get a quarterback. Well, Garoppolo just needs to not have his knee exposed. Yeah, he was kind of exposed, wasn't he? For the most part, well, they'll have another high draft pick. And um, right. you know they can they can just build upon talent down there. Heck, they can even trade. And if they see Garoppolo is more of the short term, like let's do it now before, then they could do that. They could trade a high draft pick and get some good stuff back. But they're in a good position, right? Saints speaking of good position. Saints go ahead for the uh, home field advantage uh, with a twelve to nine victory over the. It's all about the defense. It is, um, but also who, do, who knew. Um, well, they did get Eli Apple. I mean, Eli Apple now has more interceptions th- since getting traded to the Saints mid-year by the Giants than he did, I think, in his entire Giants career. Some sort when you of... see guys with a lot of interceptions, you can be sure that they're being picked on. They're, they're seen as weak. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't be getting those opportunities. You're very right about that. Um, Cam is now out for the season. Bad, Bad shoulder and just a bad season for them overall. But I will say, I mean... You know, two touchdowns by the Saints. I know that they they really kind of... But he lacks grit. Who? N- Newton? Yeah, of course he yeah. does. Yes, of course he does. Yeah, it's all about him. He's a front runner. Of course. Yes, absolutely. He absolutely is. And um, in one of my favorite games, if not for the week, maybe of the season, the Steelers hosting the Patriots win 17-10. to Now, I was a little torn because as a listener of the show, you may know... At the beginning of the year, I predicted that the Steelers would go under 500, and with this win, right. they and with this win, they are now have eight wins, which assures them a winning season. Um, so I was a little torn 
I wanted Pittsburgh to win, obviously, to knock off the Patriots and drop them down now at 9-5 and five to behind Houston for the third seed in the playoffs, should everything stay. So that, that's two games in a row they, they lost, the two, Patriots. Two and, that, ga- and that's news. That's amazing, right? That is, that the Steelers actually were able to do something. Mike Tomlin especially, I mean, five games, like they were 0-5 or some sort of crazy number. They hadn't beat them in Pittsburgh in like so long. Right. But now they were finally able to get that monkey off their back. You know, I mean, just they were able to get some pressure to Brady. There was coverage, actual coverage. He threw, tried to throw that ball away. I think his age, <clears throat> I think Brady's age is starting to come into play here. Yes, I know he's, you know, like he eats, I don't know. But some people have Brady rated like 12th or 15th in the league. I can believe it. I mean, look, this is not the 2007 offensive juggernaut that is Tom Brady. No. This wasn't even the one last year, and I still believe he should not have won MVP last year. Right. Now, now, what about, the, would that be a distraction on, on, on this receiver that they got from Cleveland? What's his name? So now, yes, yeah, so um, so Josh Gordon uh, decided Checked to... Checked into a rehab? What, what did he do? Well, I mean, he has had uh, a lot of drug and substance abuse. Um, uh, abuse uh, difficulties for the last several years. Uh, a lot of it has been marijuana-based, but it seems like also recently, within the last couple of years, alcohol has also been a big part of that too. And it's been great. Like, he, he has legitimate mental health issues. And so, you know, the Browns kind of, I don't want to say toyed with him, but they were like, you ready? You ready? And he obviously not ready. And so he tried it with the Patriots. They didn't have to give up much to get him. So here they have, you know, Josh Gordon. He hasn't done much for them. And so he did the, uh, you can't fire me, I quit. He said, I'm going to take a leave of absence. And then the NFL said, well, by the way, you're suspended indefinitely for another substance abuse um, uh, policy violation. So So they try to rule with a heavy hand? I mean, yeah, they do. I mean, everything they do recently is indefinitely. Yeah. Well, they can't get out of their own way, and this is just kicking a guy when he's down. Look, they they tried the Gordon experiment. It didn't work. I mean, and and it's not like they gave up much for him. Like, I think a fifth? Not even. So, like, they give it a try. Look, I... One thing you can say about Belichick and the Patriots, they try these guys out, see if it works. You don't fit the patriot way then you go on and this was one who was apparently working well in the patriot way and that he was pretty selfless but just when he was off the field he just could not he could not handle himself which is unfortunate right. so, so he's had opportunity and hasn't taken advantage of it yeah yeah but look it's hard for him and so hopefully he'll be able to write his own ship so uh, so right now, as we stand in the playoffs, like I said, Kansas City and Houston in the AFC are in one-two seed. New England and Pittsburgh are in the three and four. Chargers and right now, Chargers aren't going anywhere. They're they're definitely going to be the fifth seed, possibly even the one seed, if things break their way. Uh, Baltimore, the Colts, Titans, uh, and then so Baltimore's in the sixth seed. You got the Colts, Tennessee with the same record. Miami's one game behind. Cleveland's a game and a half, half a game behind because they have that tie. Really? Yeah, I mean, D- 
Denver That's down. amazing. I saw they were given like eight and a half points this week. I mean, I can't remember when the Browns did that. Well, I mean, th- this is a new Browns team. You know, they went from yeah. no you know, one, no wins last year to possibly in the playoffs. And the NFC, like we said, New Orleans and Rams one and two. Chicago holding on to that three could possibly bump up to a one, a two, or if things really break their way, even a one. And no Dallas, way. Dallas, pretty much right now is in control um, of the four seed. Seattle and Minnesota are five and six with Philly. Philly's one game behind Dallas. Washington's also one game behind Dallas. Do you give them any shot, Philly? Yeah, I give them a shot because they were able to Foles, do Foles magic. Yeah, it's they had a, a horrible fourth quarter though, but they won the game. Right, but he didn't have to do. He didn't have to lose the game, really. Mm. You know, uh, Carolina's six and eight, but there's no way they're going to be able to jump the way they are no. and. I mean the Packers at five and eight. Well, one, what's his backup's name? I mean, who? Oh gosh, uh, Kep. I'm just, I'm say, yeah, Cubbler. Cub- with an H, doesn't it? Oh, maybe I don't even know. Who cares? Right. I mean, he's he's been through five, six <laughs> NFL teams. Yeah. Let me see if I can see his name real quick. Do 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 do. Henke, no, he, oh, he played Henke. one double A ball. Henke, yeah, 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 yeah. I think his name is Chad Henke. Oh, Taylor, Taylor Hink, Heinick, Heinick, Taylor Heinick. I've heard him before. Yeah, I'm trying to think. He he was at a small college. He played uh, JMU. Let me see real quick. Um, he won the Walter Payton Award. Oh, in college? Yeah. Let's see if I can pull him up real quick. Do, 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 do. Yeah, Tyler Hinckley. Well, I mean, he he falls into a situation. I mean, they're five. They're six and eight. At five, eight. No, it's not going to work. For, Old Dominion. He played at Old Dominion. Old Dominion. There you go. Yeah. Um, he was. Let's see. He's been with the Vikings. He was on the practice squad of the Patriots, and the, he was on the Texans last year. And now he's with the Panthers. Um, he had a pretty good college college career, 132 touchdowns, 39 interceptions, fifth, just shy of 15,000 yards passing, 67% um, completion percentage. <clears throat> so he was undrafted. He got signed, and away he goes. So there's Don't that. expect much. No, I don't, I don't think you can really expect too much so let's move on to this week what are some of your best bets this week dad well i like um i believe it or not i like the bills with the number one pass defense number 10 run defense they're in new england getting 12 and a half i have it at 14 and a half here oh 14 and a half well okay i should be using your book <laughs> well the point still remains is that that's that's a high line I mean, I can understand well, why. Well, a divisional opponent. I mean, people aren't thinking, you know, that they could possibly lose three in a row, right? No, they they can't possibly. Like, that's not even going to creep into the Patriots' head. You know, the Bills are going to try and capitalize. They have won, they won last week against the Lions, 14-13. to 13. They're 5-9. and nine. Look, Josh Allen, he's he might be the real deal. First yeah. of all, I mean, he consistently has 100 yards rushing. This is a guy who understands right now that I don't know how long this is going to last in his career, but he can run it. And, you know, the, his weapons are not plentiful up in Buffalo right now, including at the wide wide receiver position. So right. if he'll make a break for it, he'll make it, and he won't just dive short of the first down. 
he'll find uh, holes. He'll find lanes. But what about Shady? Is is he healthy? No, not not a hundred percent. He never is. No, he definitely is not. So, so I mean, look, if the Patriots are going to do anything, they know that Allen's going to run. So right. they're going to keep a spy on him. They're going to make him throw the ball. So if they have any chance of winning, they have to attack the somewhat weak, uh, let's just call it the weak secondary of the New England Patriots. Okay. And I think that'll be the yeah, case. Yeah, so I'm liking them. Okay. And there's two Bruners. I mean, you got uh, you got Seattle at home. Okay. Getting two and a half. Seattle two and a half against the Chiefs in right. in Seattle. That, that now that and that's a Sunday night game. That one's going to be a, a really interesting matchup. Because you can't run on Kansas City, and Seattle can run the ball. They can, they can, and you know uh, they've also Kansas City has had a couple days to really think about their loss. I don't think they're gonna. Yeah, this is going to be a really good game. I think. I don't know which way to go, but, you know, you say that's a Bruner. And, of course, just as a reminder, the Bruner. We haven't had many Bruners this year. Yeah, but uh, uh, after, you know, it's after week nine and after. And so it's a, basically the second half of the season and the home team getting between Pickham and two and a half. Right. And as you said, Seattle's getting two. So I can see that. Okay. I, I think last week wasn't, was Pittsburgh a Bruner? Aren't they home getting one and a half? Uh, let me double check, actually, real quick. They were, yeah, I had them at two, getting two from well, New still, England. That, that, that's, that's a burner. That meets the criteria. You had a home team getting. Uh-huh. Uh, Twick, uh, yeah, so lately, you know, that's been working out. I think the other one is uh, Oakland. Oh, uh, Oakland is a Bruner. They're getting two from Denver. Um, at home, yeah. I don't think both. I, I mean, I, huh? you know, I, I, I don't think Oakland will be able to pull one out over Denver. And I know really? that. Well, I know the big news is also they signed Nathan Peterman. To you know, that's, um, a, that's big news. Well, it is because the biggest in, news is what they've gotten rid of, not, not, not what they've signed. But but also the quotes from John Gruden saying things like he's a very intelligent guy. I you know he talks about like basically how much. He loved him as a coach player, like from a distance with all of his scouting reports and interviews. Like this guy, like he absolutely loved Nathan Peterman. Obviously, the rest of mm. humanity has seen what he can do, and it ain't pretty. Uh, no, so the question is, is Carr the long-term answer or just the guy for now? I mean, I'm not, I'm not thinking Peterman is the guy ever. No. No, I don't think he. Peter, I'm, I mean, that's obvious that Peterman's not going to be the guy. I mean, that would be right. a turnaround of all turnarounds. Let's be honest. If, if yeah, that's. I mean, that's fantasy in the in the real sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, I think Carr is <laughs> getting carried away. I think Carr for now. I don't know what what he could do on draft day because apparently this is a very weak crop of quarterbacks in the draft class. So if Cruden really wants to actually do something, I mean, he could be the prettiest girl at the at the ball and trade somebody like Carr, get a higher get another draft pick somewhere and really just bulk up at every other position except quarterback if he thinks that's what he can or cannot do. Right. So well, that's definitely gonna be buyers. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you like Buffalo to cover somewhere between twelve and yeah. fourteen. 
You like yeah. and you like the two Bruners, Seahawks and the Raiders. Okay. And then the other puzzle, one that you know, interests me a little bit, is the um, the Jets at home against the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers has lost every road game preseason and the regular season this year. So if he doesn't win against the Jets, that'll mean he didn't win at all on the road this year. And if you were to believe uh, interim coach Joe Philbin, I mean, he might not even play this week, you know. But Rodgers showing everybody that he it is true and he is pretty much the coach. He's in charge of the Packers, has said, like, basically, I, I say when I play, I say when I don't play, you know, stuff like that. I mean, similar records. But does he have, the, the question is, does he have something to prove or will he prove something here? Or, or the Jets just, you know, playing hard for the coach, and you know, how's that going to turn out? I think they're playing hard for the coach. I think that they are very capable, especially the secondary. Um, Jamal Adams has, I mean, he's a Pro Bowler again. This uh, uh, should say this season, and he's been playing exceptionally well. Tremaine Johnson, when he's on the field, he does well enough. The defense has been showing flashes of what they showed Week One against the Lions. You know, let's put it that yeah. way. Um, and Sam Darnold is feeling very comfortable. I mean, Elijah McGuire and Robbie Anderson are doing very well on the offensive side of the ball. You know, uh, I don't think it's necessarily fighting for bowls. Um, I think it's just the talent. Self-preservation. <laughs> Self-preservation and actually using the talent that you have. Again, it's a talented crew. It's not a winning team. But it's a lot of capable players. I mean, look, they didn't win last week, but they kept it close and they showed how good they can be. And I think that that's what you're going to see this week against the Packers. I, it's still hard to say that. Well, Rogers... the Packers opened as the they were an, they were an underdog. They were a favorite. Now they're the underdog. I still have it as the Bruner. I still have it as Green Bay given two to the Jets. Yeah. Interesting. Is that how it opened? No, I thought it flipped. Uh, that's probably I okay. Mean, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that interests me. You know, because you know, to, to figure Rogers, it's a prideful man. Oh, he's he's absolutely prideful. Um, and the Jets have a history of finding ways to lose something like. Gosh, that. do they? Gosh. Well, right now the Jets are in in the f- either the third or fourth uh, draft pick spot right now, right. and that's where they are. Which I mean, if they want to bulk up at other positions, I mean, look, they knew what to they knew to get a quarterback last draft. Um, so if they want to bulk up somewhere, especially offensive line, there'll, there'll always be a comparison with him and Barkley. Yeah, because um, the Giant Giants could have had him. I mean, yeah, I think that that's a that that will eventually come. But I mean, also the Giants have a way of. I mean, successful franchises are successful for a reason. They don't make the mistakes that unsuccessful franchises make, which is what the Jets have been for all my life and most of yours. Um, uh, the Giants will find a way, once Eli's gone, to have a short-term replacement before they find somebody to at least be uh, a competent replacement. Maybe not a full, not, well, you know. There's a lot of teams out there that can can show you it's, it's, it's difficult to find a franchise quarterback. Right. Well, look, hey, maybe the Giants drop down, they get Carr. You know, right now the Raiders have, it's either the Raiders or the Cardinals have the number one pick. Um, if I were, I'm looking at the, I'm saying the Giants have like the se- seventh, something like the seventh pick. 
And drop down from seventh to second, you get car, and then maybe you give up something else, and you can still use, you know, that draft mm-hmm. pick for like an offensive lineman because that's probably going to be the big thing that goes this year. Because um, the one thing the Giants don't need are more skill position players, unless they actually trade Beckham or some crazy stuff like that. Well, I don't know. Is Beckham a great plus? I mean, I know he's a you know he's a huge upside talent, but I mean mentally, I mean it doesn't match his physical skills. No, no, it doesn't. And, right? Uh, I mean, he's yeah. easily distracted. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of you know. Yeah, there's, there's a lot not to like. Oh, absolutely. Um. Moving over to baseball, um, so a couple more dominoes have fallen, uh, specifically for the Mets. They uh, signed Wilson Ramos, who was, uh, I mean, he was an all-star last year. He's he's a bridesmaid. I'm sorry? He's a bridesmaid, right? He, he wasn't the one they wanted. Well, I mean, you're giving up a lot for, th- this is, you know, this was a positive. You you keep Syndergaard, you keep all these other bats in the lineup, Nimmo, Rosario, uh, Conforto. All the ones that couldn't get you to how many wins? Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the bull- bullpen had a big problem with that. And also, they did, don't forget, they did add Robinson Cano. Um, so this is, so uh, Wilson Ramos, last was, he was a silver slugger in 2016. He was right. an all-star last year. Split time between uh, between Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Um, he's a, a lifetime two seventy three hitter. Um, I mean, how old? He is now. Thir- well, he's going to be thirty one, I believe, this season. So, catcher's thirty one years old. I mean, how many guys do well? Mike Piazza. Who else? Um, uh, Fisk. Carlton Fisk. Well, now you're talking about the best, one of the best ever. Well, you you compared him to Biazza. Last time I checked, he's one of the best ever. Yeah, I mean, but one's a bat and one's a glove. Right. I mean, he, uh, well, I don't know if Posada did better when he got older. Um, oh, Yadier Molina's. I mean, he doesn't stop hitting. <clears throat> so there's not. But your point is, I understand. Is not there's not very many. And look, it's a two year contract. If he, if he's, well, I like that part of it. Right. Look, Brody, Brody is doing so many positive stuff. Like he's really, he, yeah. What about Familia? So the Mets also sign, re-sign uh, uh, Jerry's Familia to come back and help the show up the back end of the bullpen. So right now it seems like he's going to be the setup guy. He's going to swallow his pride, be the setup man for um, the electrifying uh, Edwin Diaz. He scares you when he comes in. You don't know if he's going to strike a mall out or he's going to like walk the bases load. Well, I mean, the, on the plus side, I mean, he won't. I don't have to. Yeah, he can. He can come in. He can start. You know, um, nibbling on the corners or not quite be up to speed. So I'd rather him do that in the eighth inning than the ninth inning. And right. I mean, how many times last year and so many years have we seen him come to get like four or five out saves? So it's not like he's unaccustomed to coming into the eighth. I think he'll do that, and sure. I think he'll do that well. So they just need – seems like what the Mets really need right now is one more bullpen arm, back of the bullpen, you know, something like a lefty, like a, I don't know, Andrew Miller. Oh, no, now, now it looks as though Andrew Miller is likely going to sign with the um, uh, Cardinals. 
looks like he might sign with them. He's in talks to do that. Um, but like there's a. And what about Machado? Well, Machado. So interesting left. So the White Sox made a trade. The Indians have been Indians and Mariners have been making quite a few trades. As we know, <clears throat> the Mariners they um, traded. Um, uh, who is it? Well, they got Carlos Santana from the Phillies. They f- swipped him for Edwin Encarnacion. Carlos Santana, who signed a big contract at the end of last season for one year with the Phillies, is back with the team that he left, the Indians. And mm-hmm. so they also, and he might even move again. So the Indians make a trade. They trade Yonder Alonso to the White Sox. Now, the interesting thing is Yonder Alonso plays first base, and they had like three, Indians have three first basemen already. So he goes to the White Sox. His brother-in-law is Manny Machado. I didn't know that. So this is the White Sox, partially for need, but partially for, you know, for something else could possibly, you know, use him as a way to get Machado. The Yankees, in turn, hired Carlos Beltran as a front office member, and him and Machado have a good relationship. They're both both country mates, all this stuff, and... But one hustles and one doesn't. Well, yeah. Although, you know, depending on how you looked at Beltran, sometimes he didn't. I mean, this is a guy who didn't want to steal bases because he had the highest uh, successful steal percentage in history. And so once he realized that, oh, I'm not going to steal anymore, I could damage my percentage. <laughs> it's true. So this guy works for himself. Yes, of course he does. So now the Yankees have hired him to potentially work for them. Um, so right now Manny Machado's on his uh, his tour. He visited uh, the White Sox and he visited the Yankees for 90 minutes, and then he went out for like a three-hour dinner. And then and he how had, old is he? Uh, I think like... He's in his 30s, right? No, no. Mm-mm, no? No. No, he is not. Let me pull up his stuff real 20, quick. How, 26? How old is he? Hold on. I thought he was older than that. Where is he? Manny Machado is 26. Ooh. That's why he's so highly sought after. He came up... Okay, that's the same age as Harper, isn't it? I think so. He came up to the majors in 2012 as a 19-year-old. Oh, okay. I mean, right, he's a four-time All-Star. He's been in in the top five MVP votes two years, or twice. I mean, you know, he he can play uh, third base, shortstop, wherever you would really need him. Well, how about his national exposure in the playoffs? I mean, you know, there was uh, a lot of negative to it, you know. And, uh, yes, Harper is 26 as well. He came up as a 19-year-old as well. So, yeah, you know, the Johnny Hustle comments and all this stuff and and the look. But in the end, that's not going to matter. Like, yeah, if 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 it's going to matter to if you're a Yankee fan, it'll matter if they get off to a bad start like Stanton did this year. If Machado gets off to a bad start like that, all that bad stuff will come up. But if Machado plays well, if he starts to rake, then they're never going to complain about him. But right you now, think the Yankees will sign him? I, he's the favorite to go there. You know, they have the money to spend. And even though the Phillies owner has said so, they're... Then why wouldn't they do Harper? Who, the Yankees? Yeah. I I mean, he wears 52 because 5-2 and two is 7. It's Mickey Mantle's 34. Name. No, he wears 34. Oh, I'm sorry, but yeah, but he he. But you're, the reason is right, yeah, because of uh, Mickey Mantle. I was a big Mickey Mantle fan. 
I don't buy the idea that he should be a first baseman. Bryce Harper as a first baseman? No. And not only that, this guy, Luke Voigt, this guy is like the right-handed Jeremy uh, Jason Giambi for them. I mean, it wasn't just happenstance. He went from the Cardinals to the Yankees. He was at the he was with the Cardinals hitting under the Mendoza line. He goes to the Yankees. He is hitting balls out. Right. He's a big, muscular guy playing first base. I, I, I don't mess with that. And besides, right. I mean, do they do they need a fully right-handed or left-handed lineup? No. You know, I know they have a lot of righty bats, Stanton and Judge, and, you know, DD's going to be out too, but no, leave Voight. He hits the opposite way. So it's like having a left-hander, and he's strong enough to hit it out. Okay. But look, I mean, the Harper has not moved. I think that him and Boris are waiting for the money, but they're also waiting to see where Machado falls to really put, you know, anchor, you know, ratchet it up because if the Phillies then, then is the Phillies the likely place for him Harper I think of, of the between the Yankees and the Phillies I think yes he, he's more likely to go to the Phillies you know the owner of the Phillies says he's going to spend money stupidly uh, you know they've got Machado in for his tour there and apparently there's a, a possibly a mystery team that nobody knows you know right now Harper's being talked about with the Dodgers but that's not going to work out Cubs that's been talked about a bunch but I think the Phillies are the natural. Well, why wouldn't the Cubs do it? I mean, they've got a lot of money tied up right now, um, and they have to start thinking about Chris Bryant and you know all these other ones too. Their window is closing, but uh, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of influx with the Cubs. I think they're thinking because don't forget, you know, Harper wants Harper and Boris want three hundred million, ten years, three hundred million. No, it's like four hundred. It, it, it just keeps going up. Like it's just. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, so all that stuff. Um, yeah, but that shouldn't get in the way of winning. It shouldn't, but, you know, that's it's likely to happen. Uh, one signing that looks like it's also going to, or will happen, is Daniel Murphy will sign with the Rockies. Really? Yes. Um, you know, I, they, I thought the Yankees would be a good fit for him. Well, again, this is a guy who's been, I mean, he had micro fractures in his knee, knees, so him at second base is, that's dead. He's not going to be a second baseman no more. And he doesn't have enough power for uh, DH? I mean, he does, but first base is the much, it, it's a much... Uh, Easier. Yeah, it's much more likely. I mean, but he's always been a, um, you know, glove second. He's His... His bat is never going to cool down. Like, he just, he's got a great swing. I mean, this is a guy who in college, when asked, what position do you play? He said, I bat third. And that's all you need to know. (laughs) It's so true. It really is. Uh, And Matt Harvey, you know, we talk about how, you know, X amount of years ago, thinking about what this offseason would bring. Matt Harvey was one of the big names mentioned. Well, he signed with the, um, he signed with the Angels, um, more performance-based, but I mean, my how the you know the mighty have fallen, which is unfortunate. But yeah, he had a high opinion of himself. Uh, a lot of people did, uh, specifically the ones surrounding him. But I mean, you know, game five, game five set the tone for the rest of his career. You know, yeah. he couldn't recapture that magic. He basically was spending his career, li- you know, just going into a downward spiral, trying to realize what what he missed out on or what he couldn't complete. And so now, now that's all down the toilet for him. Well, 
Yeah. And then he had some negative press in New York. Wow. Well, now showing up for work, feeling bad about his girlfriend, you know. Right. So now, so now he goes to LA's version of the New York Mets, which are the Angels. <laughs> you know, maybe he can stay at the spotlight there. Who knows? We'll see. He's how old is he now? He's got to be. Is oh, he thirty? Let me see if I can. Let me pull him up real quick. Do 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 do. Man, his career is about what what it could have been. Oh, I mean, th- yeah, this is a big time could have been. Matt Harvey is 29 years old. Well, there you go. So he'll be 30 by the start of the by the start of the year. You know, right? We'll see what happens for him. I I wish him luck, but it's unfortunate. Yeah, um, he's 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 a hard guy to root for. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. Um, so now somebody else can uh, can root for him as well. And what did he sign for? How much? Oh gosh. It's a guarantee eleven mil for two years. Uh, hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, eleven a year. I'm trying to see. Detail will guarantee Harvey eleven million. He can earn additional three million worth of incentives. But over two years or per year? I'm trying. I'm trying to find how. Right. Uh, it appears that it's going to be a no. Wait, wait. Ah, gosh, where is it? I think it's a two year. I think it might be two years. I think you're right. right. Yeah. So five and a half million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Which nothing to sneeze at. No, but and for you know a, a dearth of pitching that um, that they have. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's a one year. I'm sorry. It's a one year. Eleven million. Okay. One year, eleven million. So look, it either works out or it doesn't work out, and you know they get more pitching. Right. The Angels just right. need pitching. That's. But he really wanted a long-term contract. Of course, of course. he did. Of course he did. Um, too much risk. Yes, yes, too much for sure. Um, and then, uh, so moving back to football, specifically fantasy football, I want to hit upon that. Um, playoff time. It's it's been playoff time, absolutely. So, uh, in my public league, I made it to the semifinals and uh, I lost. So now I'm in the third place game this week. Uh, the loss of Aaron Rodgers has really thrown me into a loop. Although I did pick up Damian Williams and across all of my leagues, and it worked big time. That worked out really well. I was also able to get Jalen Samuels early. Um, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has not been successful, especially lately. Uh, and, it you know, it didn't help that my opponent had... Um, you know, I mean, Adam Thielen disappeared. Jarvis Landry disappeared last week. <laughs> Leonard Fournette did nothing. So that really sunk me. As much as Damian Williams put me ahead, those other ones set me back. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's my public league. And then in the uh, um, in another league that I'm in with some other uh, adults, I won my semifinal game, so I'm in the finals. And uh, I that's the team I had Cam Newton on. I have Mahomes and, and Newton. And Newton went down. And so, like, my opponent, I, this is what I'm staring up at. I'm staring up at Michael Thomas, Trey, um, T.Y. Hilton, Gurley, Mixon. I mean, Mixon had, like, a 200-yard game last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry, he's got, this guy is stacked. I was a, I was a, I was in fourth place. I snuck into the playoffs, and here I am. He's, a, he's a stud, isn't he? Who, which one? Henry? Henry, yeah, 245 pounds. I think it was the championship game last year or the year before that. Uh, no, two years ago. 
the national championship game with Alabama. He was one of the captains. He was standing next to Mark Ingram of the Saints, who former uh, Crimson Tide, and he won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Derrick Henry won it too. Derrick Henry dwarfed uh, Mark Ingram, like at least a foot taller than him, just to show you how just how massive he is. And if this can keep up for the you know for more than just uh, four weeks at the end of the season, yeah, I mean that's 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 a big deal if they can make that happen. Yeah, well, he 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 looks healthy. He does look healthy, and he's doing really well with that. That's that's a big thing this time of the year. Yes, yes, it is. And those stiff arms. He's, yeah, he's a piece of work. Oh my gosh, he's unbelievable. He really he is. runs with purpose. I mean, yes, he does. Um. Moving on to the um, Everyman Sports League, um, which uh, we have a three-week playoff, including Week 17, um, which not which rarely happens, if ever, but I like to do that, because why not? Um, I won my first-round game, my quarterfinal game, pretty handily. Um, Lee was also in the playoffs. Um, she ran up to our friend Cody, who, who's got a stacked team as well, uh, and couldn't overcome that. So now I'm on to face my sister-in-law. Um, <laughs> Lee's sister, and um, for the uh, semifinal. So, and I was I've been in second place all year. So it's funny. And uh, who, does, who does she have? Uh, Luck, Antonio Brown, Joe Mixon. I have to go up against Joe Mixon again. Um, Jared uh, Jared Cook, who's been playing really well. I have Mahomes, Thielen, um, CMC, McCaffrey. I have Greg right. Kittle. Hopefully, that'll offset uh, Jared Cook. And I have uh, Jalen Samuels. At the flex position, I mean, okay. yeah, whatever. See, as the as a fantasy um, commissioner, I don't really take pride in winning my own league. That there's just something, uh, just something not right about that. Like I almost feel like if, if I'm running it, like I want to, I want somebody else to win it because I'm just I do it to have fun. <clears throat> so you know, I always, I always like winning a public league, even though it's not as competitive because they're just strangers. You, th- but. You know that's what I had played for so long, so that's what I'm used to. And then this one. I'm but if here. you're going to play, you should play to win. No, you're absolutely. Look, I do. Look, I scout right. the waiver wire. I'm consistently the one that has the most waiver wire moves. Like, cause mm. I just I scour. Like, what can I do to improve this team? And injuries are part of that. And part of that. Like even this week, you know, Cam goes down. Um, you know, I'm trying to. You know, Damian Williams is probably going to get rele- relegated to the bench again. You know, I picked up two of the Rams running backs just in case Gurley has to sit out the game. Um, you know, I picked up Sam Darnold, uh, Elijah McGuire. I even picked up Robbie Anderson. I don't know which of, mm. well, I don't know which one I'm going to start, McGuire or Anderson. Probably you know, Anderson. I mean, can you know, I Amari Cooper has been a, a godsend to me the, those last three out of four weeks. But I mean, you know, last week did not, did me no favors. I picked up Gus the Bus a couple weeks ago, too, but it's just where can I get these points and what combination is going to get me the most to overcome. Although I will say one positive to McVeigh, if Gurley, you know, one thing McVeigh will probably do is sit Gurley, which would be which would be nice. Like, hey, let's, you know, hey, we're up. I mean, they're, they're facing the, the Cardinals. I mean, the game's going to be over after the first quarter, hopefully <laughs> and likely. And then Gurley can sit and then, you know, that'll help me out. Yeah, I don't know if it'll help that fourteen and a half spread, but well, we'll have to see about that. 
Um, I, so I expect him to bounce back, sure. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. And again, against what's likely going to be the first pick or first or second pick, Arizona Cardinals. I mean, the, Josh Rosen had to take a seat; like they had to bench him. That's um, not a good sign. No, but you know, what's the point? If he gets injured this late in the season, what are they fighting for? So, you know what? Just sit down, relax. You've been playing admirably. But let's, okay. you know, so... They'll have it's a building speak. block. It's it's a building block, absolutely. Um, all right, well, thanks for joining me this week, Dad. Okay, and uh, Christmas is coming, so Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Yes, to everybody who celebrates, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Alex, our friend Alex from England, back on assignment. He is in the Eastern Time Zone. We'll probably talk to him next week. He will be... He's here now? He is in, he is in uh, upstate New York right now. Fantastic. But um, after uh, my family sees you on Christmas Day, later that evening, uh, Alex will be joining us here at oh, the... Yeah, that's great. Here Fantastic. At the, here at the Everyman Sports uh, Compound, and uh, he'll be here. So we'll try and figure out when we can uh, have him join and you join as well. Sure. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it as well. Well, thanks again, Dad, for joining me. Anytime. All right, and we'll see you then. Andrew, take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.